And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports on with you on a Monday night, Tuesday morning. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, I saw you today. In the flesh, we saw each other. At the rink. Likewise, as were you. The Blue Jackets opened training camp today. I I still can't get my arms around it. It feels like it's a continuation of something rather than the first day of something. I don't know what's going on, but it's January. The Blue Jackets are 0 and 0, and the regular season <laughs> starts in 10 days in Nashville. 8 p.m. Eastern time start. By the way, uh, we're going to get to, of course, the big story uh, surrounding this Blue Jackets team, Pierre Luc Dubois, and his desire to be traded. We'll have plenty on that. We'll get to some quick notes here about uh, training camp today. The Blue Jackets have two groups. And they had 15 guy, 15 forwards on the ice, eight defensemen, two goalies today. Um, the only guys missing were Nyquist, who had shoulder surgery, and Gabriel Carlson, who was deemed, it's the generic term that teams are being asked to use for injuries right now, unfit to practice. Carlson later skating by himself uh, before Group 2 took over. Allison, we'll go through the lines here in a second. What was it like to be there today? And to hear pucks, to hear John Tortorella, to hear whistles, to hear skates, it felt kind of like hockey season. Yeah, you know, it didn't feel as strange as when uh, the team started up after the pause. Um, This felt a little bit more normal, but um, obviously there are a ton of safety precautions in place, as there should well be. So it's... It's just it's a different experience for us, and I know no one's shedding a tear for our experience, but we're we're getting used to some different things too. And uh, it it did, but it didn't feel like camp. 
I will say that. You yeah. didn't feel the buzz. Um, and that's not a reflection on anything. It just, it just, it felt like a day in January at the rink, kind of, I right. guess. Yeah, it's weird. It didn't have that first day, oh, here it is, yep. um, anticipation feel to it. It felt to me like the continuation of, of something. Um, but whenever these guys are on the ice, there's interesting stuff to sort of parse, to take in, to, to consider. Um, no surprises in the top two lines. Texier, Dubois, Bjorkstrand, and then Felino, Domi, Atkinson. What did you think of the third and fourth lines? I'll go through them quickly from left to right. Jenner, Koivu, Grigorenko, Foodie, Nash, Bemstrom, and Robinson, Stenland, Gerbe. Yeah, I mean, I get, I mean, we said Bemstrom is kind of the question mark, right? So that, but I, I was kind of surprised to see him up to start. I guess that goes back to the, the, the ongoing discussion between Yarmo Kekalainen and John Tortorella. Um, but I, 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 not that they won't end up that way for, you know, the starting game, but I think we'll probably see a lot of fluctuation there before this camp is done. Yeah. And, and I don't think Robinson stays on that fifth line. Yeah. Um, permanently either. I think there's some interesting things that can be done with Stenlin and Gerby uh, based on this, how this schedule plays out. Uh, but we can get to that in a bit too. Uh, defensive pairs, no surprise. Wierenski, Jones, Gavrikov, Savard, Kukin and Peak on the third pair. And then Harrington, Delzato, as the fourth pair. I'm telling you, this Delzato guy feels like a guy that could stick around. You're on this train. You have been on this train. Yeah. But I, okay. But I, I now, after today, agree with you a little bit more. And what, what prompts that? Well, I think first, um, it's the the Carlson inavailability. Um, yep. It's also the comments that we heard from Jarmo Kekalainen um, and his availability that this taxi squad is not going to hold players that need playing time. Yeah. For extended periods of time, um, and it, it's the schedule, which I think you know bleeds back into that comment of what are those bottom six lines going to look like. But you're going to need more capable bodies than a regular season, just because of the wear and tear this schedule is going to take on every single player on every single team. In my opinion, yeah. I'm on, I'm also interested to see who quarterbacks the second power play unit. Mm-hmm. Right, because yes. no Murray, no Nudavara. Who and Delzato can do that? I think that's that's an ace in his pocket as well. But but you're assuming that Jones and Warensky stay on the top power play together. I am, and that could be faulty faulty thinking. Yes, even though I, I am a fan of that. Yeah, well, I, we I, don't know. I love I love keeping them together on the because then when you come back to five on five play, everything's cool. One hundred percent. I mean, however, that, yeah. yeah. But they also have some choices on the power play this year. I think Domi is for sure seen as a as a power play guy. Um, I think they see Grigorenko as a guy that's going to play on the power play or at least get a long look. Mm-hmm. And as John Tortorella says, and he, as he says it, you almost think he's convincing himself, God damn it, Bemstrom's going to play on the power play this year too. <laughs> he's got to play on the power play. Um, so we'll see. Um, the other guy I think you, the person I could not stop looking at today, at least from the start, was Pierre-Luc Dubois. And just from the bit I watched this morning, I had a radio thing, I had to do, and next thing you know, you're busy with with other stuff. But I tried to keep a close eye on Dubois. Not that you would notice anything different, but I was just thinking to myself, watching, if you didn't know what the last few days held for that young man, you'd have no idea that there was anything going on because he looked like the same old Pierre-Luc Dubois to me. But let's go through this now. So, If you're listening to this podcast, you almost certainly know uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois 
it was reported first by the athletics Pierre LeBron that he has expressed to management a desire to play elsewhere. Ouch. He has requested a trade. Um, he then signed a two-year contract. Wait, what? Um, which is, I think, a an acceptance of the fact that it's a hard time to make trades, especially if a team's trying to move a number one center. Certainly, you have people who will take that phone call, uh, but the difficulty is getting a proper return. So um, it's out there. And Dubois has said he's going to be a great teammate, a great player and a person. Uh, Yarmo Kekalainen has said, we own his rights for seven years. We're going to make a trade on our time. Thank you very much. Um, we own him. We got him for four more years. Uh, so we'll make a trade if the trade makes the Columbus Blue Jackets better. I don't get the sense, Allison, that there's anything imminent here. I wonder your thoughts on can this coexist? Can they handle this? What are we looking at? I, I, I think they can coexist um, for sure. I think that I'll have a different answer, either that more solidly or a different totally answer once the games start being played because, you know, as Pierre-Luc Dubois said in his availability the other day, you know, he's committed to, to play, be 100% in, um, and, and now he's kind of stuck in a way too because he really did elevate his game in the playoffs last year. So it's not necessarily even good enough for him to come back like regular season Pierre-Luc Dubois this year. He needs to come back like playoff Pierre-Luc Dubois this year. And I think that if there's any sense of, of dragging or perceived not giving it all in this technical term, oh, yeah. um, th that's, that's going to be something that not just the coach and the front office, but I think also that his teammates are going to be having sure. an eagle eye for um, from the player. Yeah. And so th this is not exactly the same situation uh, as Panarin and Bobrovsky, but it's not completely different either. I mean, those guys were pending unrestricted free agents. Okay, so that, that makes that different. That means that when their contract's up, they have the freedom to go wherever they want. But it, it was known to the Blue Jackets and the players in the room that, that Panarin did not care to stay in Columbus. It was made known by Bobrovsky on the same timeline as Dubois' uh, public speaking the other day that he that the relationship was horribly fractured between their goaltender and the player. And, and in one sense, people say, well, they made it through that year, okay. And they did, but if you mm -hmm. remember, that team played in a fog, Allison, for 72, 74 games. And and Bob and Bob got suspended. Um, there were moments where you, th you thought, boy, you know, Panarin had two points tonight. He didn't really play very well. He he was not the same for the large portion of year two that he was in, in year one. Um, they made it through that year, but that year was a pain in the ass uh, for that dressing room. And I, I so they can get through it, but it there does have there does have a feeling, there is a feeling of here we go againness when I consider what lies ahead for these guys. Yeah, and that you know that's why I, I say my answer might be different a few games in because I think that um, it it it's different, but it's the same. And like you said, is that this is a player who has expressed a, a desire to not be here, whatever that means—the city, yeah. the organization, the team, whatever that means. And I think because 
this core remembers that season two years ago, their tolerance level, if you will, is going to be even lower um, to put up with any sort of crap that might diverge them. Because, you know, and, and as you said, look, that was a very good team, but mm-hmm. I would agree with your assessment. That team underperformed. Totally. And could have been even more intense and even more of a high performer. I think people were surprised that team beat Tampa Bay. They shouldn't have been if that team had done what they could have done um, yeah. in the regular season. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't this, – this group does not want to do – it might be easier because it's one player. Um, there's not silly as much language barrier. There's a little bit more free ability to communicate um, yeah. through things. But uh, – Yeah, I don't think this room wants another year like that year at all. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And I I don't think, like, the players didn't resent uh, Panarin for making, for deciding his his destination. That that was his right. No one had a problem with that. I think where, where people had a bit of a beef with both of those guys was as you said when when it didn't feel like they were one hundred percent there, um, right? So that's where they draw the line, and and I don't think there will be maybe as much understanding with this one. And I, I think Pierre Luc Dubois is a well liked guy in the room. I do, um, but I think it's different when a twenty two year old guy who's been in the league for three years um, makes the the request to be traded. That's his human right, too. He, of course, has that right. But there's a lot of guys in the room that are like, wow, like already? that That's the call? The other thing I'll say is here, and nobody, to, to Pierre-Luc Dubois' credit, he did not on Sunday say, uh, that's not true, I didn't do that. Uh, you guys are just making stuff up or whatever that guys often say. It's bang on true. He acknowledged it by talking about it sort of on the perimeter I guess he kind of owned it, didn't deny it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm not sure that a lot of fans are going to be pleased until they know exactly what it is that has him feeling that way. And, and people are jumping to conclusions. It's Tortorella. It's the contract. It's the city. Uh, until he says it, we we don't know what it is, only that the request is there. Um, your thoughts, I guess, on how Pierre-Luc Dubois handled himself Sunday and those around him, they all, it was it, Allison. They talked about it without ever saying exactly right. what it was, but no one denied that it, that it, uh, that it, it's, it, it's existence or it's the reality of it. 
Yeah. And, and listen, I, this is not a new answer for me and this is how I am. And I recognize that it's not always this easy, but as, as with Bobrovsky and Panarin, like, can we just say the truth here, please? Yeah, right. Like, because I'm with you. I think it was all but acknowledged by multiple people in the availability, but the words were not explicitly said. And because they were not explicitly said, it's still going to be, we'll see, this is so-and-so spinning that, and this is so-and-so thinking this, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And that's the fatigue. That's the mental and emotional fatigue on top of the decision um, that really starts to drain a team, um, in my opinion. And I just wish, like, just just own it. Um, you know, even I said this about Bob and Panarin. Just say you're going to go to another team. It's fine. Can we just yeah. say it? <laughs> but it, but we're not there yet. And because of that, like immediately I felt the fatigue of it. And I think it's just exhausting. So I think everyone was professional. But in my opinion, it, it was all definitely acknowledged. And, and I just wish we could put the period on the sentence that's already out there. Yeah. Um, yeah again, it, it was talked It was talked about. Right. It was never given a name, trade request. Uh, trade right. demand, whatever, by the people speaking about it, Yarmo, John Tortorella, Pierre-Luc Dubois, his teammates. Um, but it, it was talked about as though it's it's this elephant in the room that nobody wants to give a name to. Right. Um, but it it's most definitely there. Um, yeah, it's it's all – what does this say? So this is, of course, just the first thing that, that pops up. It, let's go just one by one over the big – Yes. The big issues. It's got to be John Tortorella, Allison. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that the extent of your... Cause, I well, mean, here, here's the thing. I think that's an easy answer, right? That's an easy answer. And I get it. And I keep... Again, I feel like I'm a freaking broken record on this stuff. But I go back to when John Tortorella came to Columbus... And you wrote an article where the explicit intent, if I may say that, was to see what former players were frustrated by by that playing for that coach. Yeah. And to see how good or bad it was going to be that this was the new coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's right. And to a man, you could not find a player who didn't necessarily say they loved playing for him at the time, but loved what he did for them when they look back on it and their perspective. And Seth Jones himself was effusive about John Tortorella in his comments on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, look, not, no head coach in the NHL is going to be your best friend and all warm and cuddly all the time. Um, but I would have to believe that if you look at the tenure of both this player and this coach, this player, should he be in Columbus, would likely be in Columbus far longer than John Tortorella. Well, just because John Tortorella, we don't know how many more years he's going to coach. That's right. So maybe that's it. But I, I can't see that alone being a force. And I also would point to, as much as we were talking about pointed and hinted and this and that and it in the room, one thing Pierre-Luc did make the time to say was that he enjoys playing for a coach who pushes him. And that was not something he had to say. So to me, that tells me that isn't the explicit reason. Yeah, and, and I mean, everyone saw the back and forth of the bench of course. in Toronto. And then he went um, out and got a hat trick, for goodness sake. Exactly. I mean, there's two parts of this. The fact that Dubois' response to that was what it was. Right. 
suggest to me that it's healthy because I know when people have people that I've not respected through the years, my response is F you, man. Right, exactly. And it's not I'm going to play for this guy or I'm going to respond or I'm going to show this guy. I'm going to show this guy is healthy. It's healthy. Um, and the other thing is the that back and forth to John Tortorella, of course he remembers it. Of course he's aware it happened. Let's not be idiotic about this. But that's not a big deal to him. He no. loves that back and forth. Uh, what's the saying? Conflict is? In, in conflict, it, there is honesty. Yeah, and I think Confucius might say it a little more oh, succinctly sure. than John Tortorella, uh, two of the great thinkers of our time. Um, but uh, but it, that isn't, that's not something he hasn't had. I think John Tortorella gets tired for some guys as every coach does over the course of the season. Sure. But but for the most part this the players on in this franchise really like playing for him and like what's happened here since he took over the legitimacy of this organization that's been arrived. I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying that there no. that absolutely cannot be the case. I'd never say that. But I don't think it is the case. I, I really don't. I agree. Um Yarmo Kekalainen and the Blue Jackets are really, um, they're insistent that it's not the contract negotiation that drove Pierre-Luc Dubois to this point. The timeline adds up for that, mm-hmm. frankly. Ad, mm-hmm. I mean, adds up that it would be the reason. Um, they insist that it wasn't. Pat Brisson said that the negotiations were very professional. It does not mean that they were always uh, bubblegum and and uh, um, rainbows. rainbows. It's not all butterfly and rainbows, Porty. What are those uh, gumdrops is what I was looking for. Oh, well, you got to quote Ryan Johansson, though. Yeah. What's weird is when, I, when he said that to me in Buffalo, I didn't think it was such a huge deal. Oh. Oh, it ha- was. <laughs> oh, the house was on fire that night. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways. Um, but... Yeah, so again, you take him at their word until Pierre-Luc Dubois says, you know what, they lowballed me or I thought it got personal in the negotiation and it pissed me off, then I don't think we can say that definitively either. But the the timeline of it is like, well, hell yeah. He he got pissed off. He He signed a deal he wasn't happy with and he said, you know what, I'll sign this, but I'm not sticking around here forever because of this. And yet, both both negotiating parties say that that's not what happened. Thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I I think that unfortunately, this is something that we have to ask. And 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 to be very clear, I don't have the answers. We were not in that room. We don't know what was said or not said. Um, but we know that. I mean, Jarmo Kekalainen says it in in public comments that, you know, he when he controls a player's rights, he's going to work within the structure of the CBA to control the player's rights. Um, and, you know, there's there are contract negotiations that have not gone super smoothly with the Columbus Blue Jackets. That could be because of the player. Again, I have no idea. Right. But it it... it you know, one time, you know, I don't want to use the the common example of fool me once because that's not a fair assessment of here, but when something 
keeps happening, it's it's fair to say why does it keep happening? Um, and and as you said, we know some some issues have surrounded Sergei Bobrovsky, at least in his first contract negotiation. We know Josh Anderson's was contentious. Yep. Ryan Johansson's was contentious. Ooh. Something changes here. Um, when conversations started with Pierre-Luc Dubois last season and at the beginning of the season by, by your reports, and, and now we're here. So I think we're foolish if we don't ask the questions. Again, maybe it's not, has zero to do with it. Who's to say? But I think that it, it's demanding to be asked. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, and the one thing that I always stress is you can you can make the definitive statement that the Blue Jackets have had issues signing players coming out of their entry-level deals. Yes. That's not a signing blame. A hundred percent. It's not. Now, I think I, I think you're well within your rights to look at the situation and assign blame. Blame the agent, blame the team, however you wish to read it. I think you can say definitively, they've, look, they've had two players uh, completely miss training camp because they couldn't get a deal done after their entry-level deal as restricted free agents. That's just a fact. Yes. Uh, look, they sent out a missive across the National Hockey League <laughs> after the 12-13 season saying, who wants, we need a goalie, or who wants Bobrovsky? We'll trade him. Because they didn't think they were going to get a deal done. They were flaming mad. Yes. Um, that So that's not saying, that's not the Blue Jackets' fault. That's not Bobrovsky's fault. That's just a contract problem you got there. Um, and these are very subjective things. Like one yes. guy's fair is another guy's foul yes. in contract talks. So, um, you know, it, it, the other thing that, that uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, again, the, the, the timing of all of it suggests that that's the frustration, but we'll go with what both sides are, are telling us until we hear otherwise, that the negotiation was fine. Um we have no knowledge of anything else that would have happened with Dubois to make him change his mind. So what about the, this doesn't make a ton of sense too. If you put together all the pieces, what about not wanting to live in Columbus, Ohio anymore, which is what a lot of people, especially out of market people seize upon. Well, look, Panarin didn't hate Columbus, Ohio. He just wanted to live in New York. Right. Sergei Bobrovsky could have spent the rest of his life living in Columbus, Ohio. He yep. loved it here. Yep. Uh, but they did want to pay him as the number one goalie in the league, and there were issues with him being held to account after some shaky playoff performances. There was the suspension after he left the team in Tampa Bay. He needed to move on. Mm -hmm. Rick Nash didn't leave Columbus, Ohio, because he doesn't like Columbus. Right. Right? Um, Ryan Murray asked for a trade a couple of years ago. That's not because he didn't like living in Columbus. Ryan, if you know anything about Ryan Murray, that guy could live anywhere. <laughs> Seriously. He's the chillest dude I've ever met who plays hockey. Um, so, you know, it's easy to say, well, blah, 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 blah. So Pierre-Luc Dubois buys a place in August. Mm -hmm. Seems a to be... A home. Yeah, a home. Yeah. A permanent uh, dwelling. 
he seems to be uh, fine. I don't think he decided a month ago that he doesn't like living in Columbus. Yeah, I agree. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me either. Now, I'm not saying Columbus is for everybody either. I don't want to be too defensive of my city. It's a great city, but it, it you know, it, it, if you want to live in the mountains, this isn't your spot. If you want to live on a beach, this isn't your spot. If you want to live in New York freaking city, which I understand, I get that. This isn't that. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of people, it's a, and I would think, I think you could be happy just about anywhere if you're 20 years old and you've got seven figures in your bank account. Yes. Um, but so, you know, these are the the common examples of, of what's probably wrong with Dubois. Until he says it, we should probably um, just throw them out as hypotheticals but not give much merit to them. Yeah. I mean, and, and here's here's the thing about the Columbus excuse, if you will. Part of me almost feels like we need to stop with this because, as you said, like there there are 30, soon to be 32, NHL cities. Yeah. I personally do not want to live in each of those cities. I have some that I would like to live in. I have some that I would not like to live in. Yeah. And Columbus is not the only city of the 32 NHL cities that has the demographics of Columbus, that has the geography of Columbus, the weather of Columbus, the economics of Columbus. That's right. It's not an outlier. We're not, it's not a bastion of desert hellfire. Yes. Um, and when we look at some of the players of yore, of a Jeff Carter, of, of even a Rick Nash, that really, in my opinion, is a whole different era of this organization, quite frankly. Um, it, yeah, it wasn't fair. just the city. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think what we have to think about, too, is this, look, and these players, I say this with all love, and I have been... I have worked in cities that I haven't loved living in. But even for a full season, they're not living here the full season. They're That's on right. the road to the other cities <laughs> half the time as it is. Right. Um, but, you know, what, what I – let's not talk about Columbus, Columbus. And, and you wrote on this last year. Let's talk about Columbus and the Blue Jackets. I mean, there were press conferences breaking into local programming when the Ohio State-Michigan game got canceled. Yeah. Everybody knows what Justin Fields looks like. I would love to see if, if Pierre-Luc Dubois is the next number one center of this team, let's put him on a billboard. Let's let's have him endorsing Connectco Water. Zach Rensky, Seth Jones, put them on an ad for a sponsor. Um, you know, help connect these guys to the city. Let the city know they should love them by helping them see who they are and what they're all about other than just playing on the ice. I think that it's not just the city and living in a city. It's a relationship with the city, right? Yeah. And I think that the fans are great. This is not about the fans who know these players and love these players. But if you want to grow a player's relationship with the city, grow the city's relationship with the players as well. Um, I, I, I don't see what harm comes from that. It, it benefits so many parties all at once. Yeah. And, it, and even beyond waiting for a, a, a local company to use them in advertisements, how about doing it yourself? Yes. Like you think of some of the, the campaigns that have been done by teams around the league that fans have really latched onto and, and yeah, you wonder if they could sell this product here themselves with, with, by engaging with the younger demographic, we've said this before, there should be buses running up from campus to Nationwide Arena 
bringing loads of kids for games. Yes. Uh, especially weeknight games, make it yes. a thing. Yes. But so it, it's been a strange uh, 72 hours. Allison, I was driving to pick up something I've wanted for years. Uh, oh, is this the thing that you picked up this past weekend? It is. It's a Oliver number five typewriter. It's cool as hell. It needs a lot of work. I'm working on it. <laughs> but I almost drove off the country road when Pierre Lebrun. So, we, you know, there's been stuff kicking around for a while. Uh, you check in on the on the on the contract. Howard thinks things are good, says the club. Things are good, says the agent. Just the process. Just the process. You go, ah, man, come on! Like they've had, <laughs> they've had, and it's not a deadline. We don't need a deadline. You're like, what's well, freaking January? You've been talking for like 18 months now, right? About a contract, like really, exactly. Um, and then LeBron calls and says, "All right, here's here's what we got." And and it's going out there, and you're like, oh god, like really, this is where it's at, and this is where it's at. Um, so yeah, strange days in Columbus. Again, you just wonder how this uh, season's going to play. Uh, it it's it's an unnecessary distraction, and I'm sorry, it's a distraction, and it's not because the media are asking questions about it. That that's not the distraction. The distraction is the guys in the room. Yeah, know that you know a really prominent player, probably a top three guy in the roster, should be talent wise. Right, um, has expressed a desire to leave, and so they're going to have as many questions as we have. And quite frankly, there are times when we ask the questions where <coughs> half the room's going to seem annoyed by it, and then the rest of it's going to go. What did he say? Right? <laughs> like, I, do you remember that in Vegas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, With yeah. With Panarin, it was hilarious. Where it was like, you know, no, Artemi, we're talking. You can do this. Get back here and talk. And he comes back and talks and sits down and, like, you look around the room and there's like everyone's leaning forward, like, what is he saying? Yeah. Because uh, was, it was hilarious. Um, but here we are again. The other thing that, that might change it, Allison, too, is we're not in the room. Hundred percent, and there's no visiting writers in the room. There's no national writers in the room, be bopping around. So uh, Rick uh, Dubois' face and the way that he looked—it looked like a almost like a hostage video. <laughs> he he looked uncomfortable Sunday talking. I get it, God, he's oh, twenty-two I years be. old. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah! Um, it reminded me, frankly, of the day that Rick Nash's trade request became Ooh. public knowledge. Yes, um, just the uh, the look, like oh my God, I can't believe we're here. And I'm talking about this. Um, I'll be interested to see how he handles it. I'll be interested to see how the team handles it. But he's not going to face um, the daily in and out uh, conversations about this from national writers or traveling writers because that they're just not in the room. So, and this might be the best year ever to ask for a trade. And but have you know, it not be a distraction. But you know what? I, part of me, I don't know because. You know, now certainly you can't go into the room and find the player. But if a player doesn't want to talk to the media, he makes himself scarce before we ever get in there. Fair. And Zoom availability means that guess what? You don't even have to be visiting media to log on and ask your question. Yeah. So, um, in some ways, yes, it protects him a little more. But in other ways, I mean, if if you are a legitimate media member and and you work the appropriate PR channels. It, <laughs> You've got access that maybe you wouldn't have except for once or twice a year otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so here we go. 
Twentieth uh, season celebration, Allison. Woo! Yeah, tough, tough times. Um, so yeah, Blue Jackets back in on the ice tomorrow morning. Yes. Is this is there a scrimmage Wednesday? Am I remembering this? I believe it's Wednesday evening at seven. I believe okay. is the time. Yes. They're off Thursday. Correct. They have two more days of practice, Friday, Saturday, and then they're having an evening practice just to interfere with the Browns Steelers <laughs> playoff game on Sunday. Um, and availability so, was on Sunday during the Browns Steelers game. They're oh, after it's you. It's so personal. It's so personal. Um, well, not and not just me. Lots of lots of people. Um, so yeah. So we'll uh, we'll be back. Later this week with the podcast, and we'll we'll take it from there in terms of frequency. Um, anything else we need to get to, Allison? Uh, Ohio State women are back. A big sweep um, to start the second half of their season. Um, so uh, pay attention to, to your local college hockey teams as well. That's uh, that's still happening, even if they don't have fans in the stands either. Nice, nice. All right. Well, listen. Thanks so much for tuning in we do appreciate it thanks to danielle chip layman our producer thanks to david cook for the great intro music thanks allison for your time as always my pleasure aaron and we'll talk to you in a few looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events we've got the spot our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.